Welcome back for episode 35 of Self-Signed Artist. What can sports teach us about building a music career? Find out in this episode as we talk to Johnny Two Phones. You're listening to Self-Signed Artist, the podcast that helps independent musicians run their brand like a business. Now, your hosts, Kobe Nelson and Jake Mannix. How's it going, everybody? I'm Kobe Nelson, and it wouldn't be an episode of Self-Signed Artist if I wasn't joined by the Jake Mannix. Hello, hello. How's it going, Jake? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Excited for what the weeks to come will bring. More on that later. Yeah, nothing you can talk about yet, but no, <laughs> there will be a, a story there in weeks to come. Before we get started with our actual episode today and with our guest, I want to take a second to give a little shout out. Can you let us know about some of the stuff that happened the other day and shout out this person? <laughs> uh, yes. Long story short, yesterday I was on the customer service chat with Walmart and the person that I was on with, Errol, goes, is this Jake that does the podcast? And I have the screenshots. Maybe Kobe can post those on the Instagram or something. Kind of weird. Very funny. Yeah, crazy. It's the first time that anybody's ever from a random source called out the podcast and, and recognized somebody. So shout out to Walmart customer service guy, Errol. <laughs> and thank you to everybody who listens to this podcast every week. And we love hearing from you. So looking forward to stumbling across some other listeners to the podcast in random locations in the future. Yeah. Now- on to our guest for this week. So this is one that's been a long time coming because we've mentioned him on quite a few episodes already on the podcast. He's a close collaborator with our very own Jake Mannix. He's rapidly growing his audience and building his brand. So we want to welcome to the podcast, Johnny Two Phones. Hello, hello. <laughs> Jake stole my hello, hello. That's my thing. <laughs> but hi, how's everybody? How are you guys today? We're doing good. We're doing good. <laughs> How's it going? Thanks for being here. Of course. I'm happy to be here with the homies, man. Chilling. <laughs> so you guys are right before a session that you're going to do, crank out another hit. Jake, do you want to give a little bit of a background how you guys know each other? Because you've been close collaborators for a really long time now, right? Yeah. Since um, I was a youngin. Yeah. Since a wee little boy. Probably like five years. 16. I was 16. I just... Was I? I was 17. And I just turned 22. He was so still in high wild. school. I was a high school kid, yeah. Um, and the first song that he came in with was so fire, and it's out. At that time, I really thought that was like, I was like Drake with that song. I was like, yo, that this song is amazing. So <laughs> this song is crazy. That song is Miss Me. That song yeah, is called Miss, Miss Me. Me. It was the first one I came with. And yeah, things just kind of, one thing led to another. Things got more serious, and the team formed up, and mm. here we are. Yeah. You guys collaborated on that first song? Oh no! Okay, I brought it. Like I had, um, it was through a, a artist friend of mine. It was Quali Jack, and uh, I was kind of up until that point recording in my room, and then I didn't even. It was in a point before I'd say like everything was so accessible. Like it was still in like that because the 2010s were the early 2010s were more so of like you had to like you weren't you didn't have to go to studio. Kids were doing it alone, but you definitely had to be a little bit more older or like more experienced to get it out so i came in kind of when that 
and that was in a weird stage so it was like 2014 and then i was like yo I, I didn't even know we had studios here and then quality jack i don't even know how i got with him and he brought me here and like he played me a song that jake recorded for him and i was like oh my god it's so good and he was like yo it's not even mixed and i was like <laughs> what does mixed mean i know like i just put doubles on it and call it a day so that was miss me and then yeah from there i just kept coming back because i was like yo it sounds crazy like i'm so much better after that. and i think that's like a downplay of like engineers nobody really says how much you, your music changes for sure yeah and now you guys have had some pretty big successes we talked to hunted g a couple weeks back about some of the big songs that you've had going on yeah he's, he's sitting back there behind you guys <laughs> hunted g can we get a shout out <laughs> hunted g on the beat <laughs> So can you give any insight into what has led to some of the successes that you guys have seen over the past couple of months really started probably with rescue? Is that, is that where you'd say like things really started to take off? Um, would you say that? Or would you say like gelato or like the, uh, we've had yeah. moments like this so many times that we've like, had, yeah, you've had multiple big songs. Yeah. I'd say this is the first success we've had on the internet. And that's why it's different because hmm. every success I've had up until this point has kind of been based off of word to mouth and like that's something i pride myself and i feel like that it's 10 times harder but it's like we every time i've talked to the team it's like yo like we just need something to go on the internet like we know we're good enough to mm -hmm. do it i know i have good enough music the branding is there everything's there it's just like we just need exposure and then we finally got it and now we're here and it's like damn like the world's like catching up to what we do and it's like i don't i'm not cocky or anything <laughs> at all but it's like jesus like hump about time like <laughs> took long enough but we're happy i'm happy yeah is there anything that you can point to that really made that different uh, this time around for for this most recent stuff? Um, yeah, the godly app TikTok. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it, it's it's really just like we had to kind of. I talked with um Coach Hayes. This Brian Hayes is what I call him. Um, that's my boy. And we just sat down and we were like, "Yo, let's let's plot out a TikTok thing." I I had been working on TikTok probably a couple months six months and he was always in my ear like yo you're doing tiktok wrong and i was like nah i'm not doing tiktok wrong i know what i'm doing <laughs> and then a week into it of working with him on tiktok we had a like three different viral videos so i didn't know what i was doing on tiktok <laughs> and uh yeah it's really just like tiktok gives artists exposure because it's built in a way that shows you what you're interested in and there's the algorithm is fair and you're just playing the lottery and you have to TikTok's a weird app. You it's not, it's like you have to be very determined to blow up on TikTok because it, it's hard. And then you have to be okay with getting like zero views on some stuff. And like that's really what I've learned in the past month is that you have to be kind of okay with not everything performing great. And you just it's okay, it's on to the next, or it's how do we fix that and how do we see where we went wrong and make that more engaging or how do we just, you know, make better content and better music? And that's really what the entire Johnny Two Phones thing has been about, like kind of trial and error and just going with the flow. Are there any specific things with TikTok that you found have worked on a more consistent basis where it takes out a little bit of that lottery element? I, I mean, one of the things that I've noticed from some of your social media stuff is that a lot of them kind of are built almost like mini music videos, but then they also a lot of the time have a lot of the big ones, especially have had like a text element where there's mm -hmm. a small block of text on the screen and it's split up over the course of the video. 
I was thinking about that, and I think that's a really smart way to go about doing it because you're you're kind of giving people a tease, like it's a little bit of a thought at a time, and you have to listen through and watch through the whole thing to get the full message. Exactly. So it really captures your attention, and it helps build that familiarity with the song because it's it's all over your music. So is there is there anything like that that you can kind of point to that you've sort of discovered really works? Yeah, 100%. When I first started off on TikTok, I feel like I was kind of like everybody else and was just posting just random stuff. And it's like, you kind of have to learn your content. So TikTok is based off of niches or niches, whatever, however you pronounce the word, it's up to you guys. But uh, <laughs> it's it's very niche based. So it's like, you have to, first of all, find out your niche. And me, my niche is obviously music. So you have to see like your first couple of videos, what does well. And then, okay, like you have to kind of shift towards that because you have to get to a certain point of popularity on TikTok for people to care about the other things you do. Mm. And like, yeah, like you said, some of the video structures I changed because in the beginning, uh, the videos were like 60 seconds and didn't include text. And then I, I like you, it's just, it's basic content rules that you should go by. Like putting words on the screen, obviously, like you said, it's going to keep people engaged. They're reading it. It's more engaging colors. I wear warm colors. That's just mm. the way I dress. And like, it's like, oh, well, it obviously makes it more attractive to the eye. Um, I say like, wait until the end on the, with laughing emojis. So people are like, you're on TikTok and basically on all social media now, which is so messed up. It's just awful for your brain. The biggest, <laughs> the biggest algorithm point you get is screen time. So it's like, you have to figure out a way in your content to keep people engaged with it. And for me, it's like, I'm super uncomfortable with doing gimmicky weird stuff. So it's like, word, I'll just do rap stuff and it's like I'll just dance to my music and it's like people at first were like that's corny and it's like if you go on my Instagram I've been dancing to my music for like four years now so it's just like I brought it to a different app and put words on top of it like and then on top of that it's like if you're an artist and you see everybody popping on TikTok and I'm one of those people who popped on TikTok and if you're an artist seeing that and you're like that's corny you're just an idiot and you probably should stop rapping because it's like yo you care more about other people's opinion than you do about the progression of your career and it's like as long as you're being yourself on TikTok, like there's a lane for you. And like, you don't have to like sell yourself out or do TikTok dances like Addison Ray to pop up on TikTok, bro. Just play your music. If it's good, they're going to like you and be yourself. Don't do any weird stuff that you want to do. Like don't chase clout. Like the clout's going to come to you if you like what you're doing, if you love what you're doing, if you're passionate about it. Yeah. I think that's really interesting in a place where a lot of people get tripped up with social media or just promotion in general it is like this, the idea that if you're promoting yourself, that that's not making it about something other than the music or something like that. So then people just don't put any thought into how they're putting their stuff out there. But that's one of the most important, I, I think you would agree. It sounds like you would agree. That's one of the most important things for growing a career. I have one question for you about social media in general. It could be TikTok or anything, Instagram. Do you have any sort of strategy for how to take that engagement from whatever social media platform and translate it back over to a streaming platform? Mm. Like how do you actually get people from TikTok or Instagram to Spotify or Apple Music? Because yeah. that's kind of a, a key thing. And it seems like you've done that really well. I see I've gone through uh, some of your social media and people will talk about like a specific song that they have whatever streamed so many times, but they found you on a social media platform. So is there any thought behind that? There's a couple levels to it. I mean, that, that's kind of like a loaded question. You know what I mean? Because it's like, first of all, you have to be a good artist. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't mean to knock other artists because good is is uh, 
what is the word I'm looking for? It's subjective. Like, right. I I can hear Jake's music and be like, yo, that's amazing. Hunter can hear it and be like, yo, that sucks. And it's just like, you have to think you're a good artist. And then from there, you have to put your 10,000 hours in and make sure that all your music is good and that you care about everything. And then all that's going to be up there already. So that's step one. Like, you have to have good music out already and like not hold on to your best songs because they'll catch when it's supposed to catch. Mm. And then from there, like kind of how we did is like, yeah, we got, we didn't get lucky. We like planned it out with rescue uh, with some bit of luck. Yeah. I'm kind of lying there, but uh, with some bit of luck and then people are going <laughs> to be intrigued by your story and go back and listen. And the fact that it's worked so well for us is because like same reason it's working for Soli right now. It's like people, you have good music. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like you have good music and the content you're constantly putting out is good content. So people are like impressed by you and they're impressed even more so because they have no idea who you are. And it's like, how does this no name kid from upstate New York work with two different people and make this good of music? It's intriguing. It's interesting because it's like, it's good. And that I think people get so caught up in trying to figure out all the different back roads and secrets and no, there's no secret to it. The, I've talked to like, I remember I had a conversation with Kirk Knight, Joey Badass's manager, and I was like really young, and I was like, "Yo, like, what, what, what's like the secret?" And I was like, "What is, what is the secret to all this?" And he looks at me and he's like, "Yo, there's no secret." Like, and the more we grow, the more every time we grow, every time I have this conversation with Hunter, it's like, "Yo, there is no special one thing that is going to take this from the A to B. It's really all the things you do in between every day, even like they know how." crazy i am over this like even if like mixing it's like uh, i'm in here like no turn that out 0.306 decibels and like on the cover <laughs> i'm like no make this orange instead of yellow and move it to the right corner it's like all of that really really counts in the moments when you go have a viral moment like me because people are going to go back to your music as long okay i guess i can answer this put it in your bio but as long as it's in your bio people are going to click that and if you have good attractive stuff on there that that you're proud of people are gonna mess with it because they're like oh this is a good artist like i'm intrigued by this so it's really being prepared for that moment mm. having your link easily accessible forcing traffic to that link and then making sure that you're staying consistent throughout your viral moment or and making sure it's not a viral moment like that's how you make sure it's not a viral moment is being prepared for that moment and being prepared that like being prepared in the sense of your content being strong and you already going through the trials and errors and sometimes your viral moment comes before you're ready for all that and that's fine like i think the biggest thing people have to realize is like yo it's okay if you mess up like that's the biggest thing it's like okay like keep pushing you're gonna figure it out so i'd say be prepared for it make sure your link is easily accessible and make sure you have good music with good cover art because cover art actually matters. Shout out to that Instagram page. I like the cover art actually matters Instagram page a lot. It's a pretty cool page. But yeah, that's my answer. I'm sorry. Am I talking a lot? I talk a lot. Like you guys, you no, guys brought good. the wrong person on this podcast. <laughs> I talk episode. a lot. No, this is great. You just dropped a lot in there that I want to kind of circle back to as well. So one of the things that I've noticed from your music when we're when we're talking about good music and what makes music good, it's it's something that you can't really quantify. But mm -hmm. I will say that there are a couple things that I think that you do, and I don't know if this is a conscious decision or something that just kind of comes out in your music, but I think there's a, a definite mood that goes along with your music that is really interesting. And th you kind of have this juxtaposition between upbeat, on the happy side, like feeling as far as the music goes. But then a lot of the times you're talking about something that is a little bit heavier, a little bit darker, uh, a breakup or whatever. So you kind of have this this bittersweet 
vibe that comes across in the whole thing that I think works really, really well. So how much of that mood is deliberate and how much of that is just comes from what you and your team happen to make? It's an interesting thought because I don't think it it's on purpose when it starts out. It kind of just happens. But I'm I'm 100% aware that I know, I know what I'm doing in the studio. Like, I know I'm like, oh, this is just going to work because... I mean, I guess that's really just who I am as a person. Um, I guess I'm just always sad, but hyper. <laughs> so it's like, that's kind of just, it's who I am. And that's like, I want to make music that people can cry in the club to because that's one of my favorite activities is <laughs> <laughs> being drunk in clubs and crying. Um, <laughs> nah, it's just like, I want music that is hype. I tell Hunter every time we start a beat, I'm like, yo, if you could dance to it, I'm a rap to it. So like, I like music that that goes, that makes you get up I guess it starts with my overall goal. Like my overall goal with music is to make, it sounds so corny, it's like to make the world a better place. It's like, I really want to give people that two minute and 30 second break from what from whatever they're in front of and just let them enjoy the music and get them up and moving because I have like mental health stuff, like uh, depression, anxiety. And it's like, what helps me most is when I start getting up and moving. So I know if I like talk about certain things in an upbeat song, like it's okay for you to feel that those emotions but i want you to move it out i want you to almost like exercise it out like that's what i I, like if i'm down i go play basketball or i dance and like do stuff like that so it's like i almost want to get you in that 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 emotion of being sad but get you moving and vibing because it's like that's when you're at your utmost like you're just vulnerable in that spot and it's like Mm. that's such a comfortable spot to be in once you accept it and it's like if you could be in that spot at a party like you're just around people who who have these because every everybody's sad. Everybody everybody has issues and like if the song is sad and we're vibing to it, it's like damn. Like you don't feel. I feel like you don't feel any human connection closer. Like you're not. You don't feel closer to another human more so in any moment when you're both sad. But you're like yo, like fuck it. Like you know we're both sad in this moment, but it's lit and we're 22 years old and like life sucks at times, but we're fucking alive, so it's lit. We're, we're having we're having tons of fun right now and that's and that that's really what my music is i want to give people that sense of community that like yo you're not in this alone and yes i know it sucks and i and i can tell you firsthand like like my one of my bars like the barber side with my girlfriend bro i know it sucks but like we're having fun and we're vibing and you're sad i'm sad but we're lit right now and it's a great time at the end of the day because we're alive and we're happy about that fact yeah i, I think i think timing may have something to do with the success of some of the most recent songs, because like for the past year or whatever, a lot of people have had kind of a a blah year in 2020. It's, it's COVID has affected everything. A lot of people are feeling down in that way, but I think a lot of people are also craving like, like the, the upbeat side of it. So yeah, a hundred percent. Um, it's almost crazy. This is like every conversation I had with labels. This is exactly like what they were saying to me. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, the world sucks. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like it's like the world's in a sucky place, and it's like I don't care about your car or how many girls you've been with and your gold chain right now. It's like, dude, my grandma just died from COVID, and you're telling me about your chain, dude. I don't care about your VVs right now. Like we need music. Like we almost need like a revolutionary like Beatles moment, and it's like we need that music that's like, yo, come together, and like the world sucks, and like it's just like. And I'm not knocking those artists who do that because I also love those artists and I listen to them a lot, but it's like, there needs to be a balance. And I feel like the balance is coming back in music with like, 
kind of half and half like you know party club stuff and then not that party club stuff doesn't have substance i hate when people say that music doesn't have substance it does have substance it's more so of like you need the equal balance of that and i feel like that over the past few years in rap alone there is an unequal balance and that's why fans are like oh they all rap about the same thing and it sucks like no there's just an unequal balance and you probably listen to mainstream radio so you don't even pick what you're listening to like we're in the internet era bro you can just like, if you don't like that, or I don't understand how people hop online and, like, talk crazy about artists. Like, you don't have to listen to him. Like, you have a Spotify account, bro. You could <laughs> right, go yeah. listen to whoever you want to listen to, and the world could be grand. <laughs> but you, like, why are you on the baby's comments section talking about the baby? Like, go listen to Dominique Fike or somebody, <laughs> bro. Like, you don't have to listen to the baby. Like, that's so weird to me. It's like, you're in the internet age. Listen to whatever you want to listen to. But yes, to answer your question, I do think it's like perfect timing for my music because it's just like, it's real. And I'm a transparent person and I've never been afraid to like say how I feel. And like, I don't know. I said my, my girlfriend got slept with by the barber like in a song. It's like, I don't think it gets more personal than that. That's some that's some heavy loaded stuff right there. Right. I said that without realizing like that she's an actual person and probably heard the song and I was like, dang, like <laughs> I hope I never have to see her again. <laughs> like, like, that would be so awkward. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think like people just want music that is real to them in the in the times right now because it's a really hard time and our government sucks. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're doing a great job when it when it comes to that because your music comes across as very conversational. It comes across mm-hmm. as relatable. So it, it really walks that that line really well, I think. So, yeah, I appreciate that. When it comes to the positivity or even like the sound, are there any people or artists that influence you? Yeah, I think it's weird. As far as a positivity note goes, I don't have anybody that's like, yeah, they made positive music, so I sat there and wanted to make it because I didn't get to this sound following like somebody else and trying to be like them. I kind of got to the sound kind of like through everything else I've done, like trial and error. Like, you know, like we, I didn't start off with this type of music, but my main influences I'd say are like Mac Miller, Kid Cudi, um, Wiz Khalifa, Outkast. Um, I absolutely love Drake and Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne's my favorite rapper of all time, but you know, but I, that's, that's more of like skill set than I, that I appreciate their music and like, I don't know. I just appreciate them as artists and what they do and everything. It's just cool. I just, I'm, I'm a fan at the end of the day and I feel like people are afraid to admit that like art, other artists are afraid to admit that they're fans of people like no if i see drake i'm i'm bugging out like i <laughs> when i met first met solely i was like oh Sully yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool like, you know what i mean because his music good it's exciting but yeah i think as far as the positivity that all kind of came from making piss me off because that was my first song well that was my first time being like depressed like i've been sad before but like I was clinically depressed in that. Like, I, that was my first time dealing with that type of mental health issue. Like, my traumas from childhood came out in that time. Um, there was just a lot going on in my life in that time. And it was like, wow, I've never felt this feeling. And, and, and they say your 20s are your second, like, puberty. Like, it's your puberty for your mental. So it was like, that was my first time kind of putting that all into a song. And just the reaction off of it and seeing how, like, people were hitting me up, like, yo my day is better because of you and like yo like my girlfriend just cheated on me and she took the kids and they're telling me this in my dms and they're like yo my your song kind of got me through that it's like that type of stuff was like oh what and at that point in time i, I had like ten thousand followers on instagram i didn't really have that big of an outreach so i was like i didn't even know i, I it was possible for me to have that type of 
influence on people's life. I didn't know I was important. And it was like, that was the moment I think I'd step back after pissing me off. And I was like, you could change the world. Like you could really do this. And then from there, that that's the mission. Like, holy S word, I could, <laughs> I could do it. Like we could do it. And like, that was, that was that kind of aha moment that, that realization of like, your music matters now and you could really make your music matter. So like, that's where that comes from. I'm glad you brought up that song. I was actually going to ask about that song specifically because I think that's like the perfect example of what we were talking about earlier with the mood where it's a very happy sounding song, but it's not a happy song. (laughs) Yeah, because there's a YouTuber named Patrick CC um, who played Piss Me Off and he kind of co-signed it early on, which helped with the growth of it. But um, he kind of reviewed it. I saw one of his reviews. He's like, yo, this is happy music and it's not corny. And like, I guess that was my first time when I realized people didn't think it was corny. Cause I never, I don't care if people really think it's corny. That never bothered me. But I was like, wow, that is actually really true. Like I do make happy music that isn't corny. Like I feel like that's so hard to achieve for people. But for me, it's like, I guess it's just natural. So it's like, you can never come off corny if you're doing you. And I feel like artists also have to realize that it's just like, yo, if you do you, you can't be replicated. You can't be copying anybody else. Cause nobody else has lived your personal experiences and knows how to move how you know how to move so it's like go be yourself and you're going to be special like everybody's trying to be special trying to figure out what makes you unique it's being yourself and that's the only way to do it because mm-hmm. like you're the only you in the world so it's don't try to be the Migos or drake be ted from schenectady new york or <laughs> craig from nashville <laughs> like just be that like who does he have to say i've already i've already heard with what the Migos from Atlanta had to say. I've already heard that a thousand times. I've already heard 20 Young Thug clones. So it's like, what what, 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 do, what do you other guys have to say? And I and I feel like I'm talking to an artist right now. I feel like that's mostly your guys. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's why I'm t- kind of taking this tone. Yeah, like, Because yeah. usually I'd, I'd take a different tone, but like I'm definitely taking the tone because it's like, I feel like nobody helped me to get here. And that's kind of always that chip we've had on our shoulder. Like nobody really ever put us on. So it's like, I hope people hear these and kind of pick up the little things. And, and I'm not talking like I know what I'm talking about because at the end of the day, I have no idea. But it's like you can take what I'm saying and like turn it into your own thing and like use it as a spark for a thought that hopefully somebody hears and makes a whole career out of because that's definitely happened for me listening to other artists' conversations. Mm. How do you think that idea of doing your own thing, being true to yourself, translates over to like the world of shows because there's a lot of talk about um having original music but i think that's only really half of the picture as an artist and a big part of it is how you actually interact with people is there anything for you that you feel like carries over to uh the show side of things um yeah i've been told my live show is crazy so um i think for me, shows are, like, it was so, like, natural. I've never been nervous to go on a show. Like, people, like, Hunter, the first time I brought him out, I met Hunter, like, a week. We've known each other for a week, and then I put him in, like, front of, like, 2,000 people, and, like, <laughs> his voice cracked, and he was so nervous. <laughs> and I was like, yo, like, you don't have to be nervous. Like, you can, like, you can mess up. Dude, nobody cares. All you have to do is just have fun. And, like, that, I mean, like, like, I've been saying that's my whole thing. It's like, yo, you just have to go out there and be like, Oh, I'm here. I'm Johnny Two Phones. And it's like, not even on some cocky stuff. Like, you just got to go out there and I don't just vibe. I I sounds like such like an E person. Like, you just got to vibe and feel the music. (laughs) But no, like, yeah, go out there and be turnt and just like 
vibe with the crowd they're people like you have to look at it like yo these are just normal people who came to show to have fun so it's like just have fun with them like inter- interact with them and be comfortable I mean, I think it comes from playing sports and playing in front of large crowds my like entire life. So it's like the transition was like easy. So, I mean, that I think that's what it comes from. But yeah, it's just like some of the music we structure around, like I structure my music perfectly around shows. Um, and I got that from Kanye West when he's like stadium status. If you notice, Kanye West does certain things in his music to make sure that they perform well on shows. I definitely do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think as far as live shows go, like, First of all, you have to be okay with getting booed off stage. That's happened to me. It's going to happen if you're an artist. It's normal. And then you have to realize, like, if you mess up during a show, like, nobody, like nobody's like, dang, he messed that one word up. You know how many, how many times do I, like, mess up during my show? Like, rap the wrong words. Like, Hunter calls me. Hunter calls me all the time. He's like, yo, you messed up those words. And I'm like, I don't think anybody cared because it was lit overall. Like, it's like overall. Like, that's my whole 2021 focus. It's like, overall, is it lit? Like, so many times I get caught up in the, in the, itsy bitsy like details of everything and it's like yo at at the grand scheme of things like we popped off rescue nobody remembered when i messed up the rollout of love me not nobody was like that rescue song is fire but you messed up that (laughs) one thing on love me not and i hate you because of it and i'm not a fan it's like that doesn't matter (laughs) and like i guess being in that small like it's weird every step you take when you're growing as an artist like every next level you reach you you just realize like one, how small of an artist you really are because I popped off whatever and I'm still not shit. And then you kind of realize that nothing really means anything. It's like, is the music good? Yeah. Are you not being corny? Are you being yourself? Yeah. Is it like, are you? do you care about your product? Yeah. Then it's like, it's going to go. It's going to work. You just have to keep grinding. Mm. I have no idea how I just got there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> rambling today. <laughs> no, that was great. So so for your business, if you're when you're when you're going about doing that, how far ahead do you plan for yourself in your business? Is it a plan or is it more just kind of flying by the seat of your pants and doing what feels right at the time? Oh no, I'm I'm very tactical. <laughs> I have Google Docs full of plans, but another thing you have to realize is that Google Doc is never going to work how you put it out. Like right. <laughs> I had Google Docs for last year and then like we were going to South by Southwest and I had a mixtape planned around it and I had collabs planned around it and then COVID smacked me in my face and I (laughs) I was trapped inside the house so it's like you want to have an overall plan and you want to do get get tactical because you're going to get your thoughts out you're going to get your thoughts out with your team so it's super helpful to do that but don't be upset when it doesn't work out how you put it on paper and don't be upset don't be upset in general just like figure it out like that's nobody's going to do it for you you have to figure it out yourself and it's going to be okay at the end of the day those are like golden rules it's Mm -hmm. like just figure it out. Keep pushing. Don't take no for an answer. And it's going to work out. Like some something along the line is going to work out. I think I think that there are a lot of parallels um, between that idea of kind of planning and adjusting and sports as well. So, so you used to be very serious about basketball. Is that, that right? Yeah, I thought I was league bound, but I was a bench warmer in college. <laughs> I didn't get no PT. <laughs> I thought I was I thought I was going I thought I was the next LeBron for a little bit but um (laughs) yeah I did I did play college basketball um I probably could have played higher divisions but I was introduced to music in 11th grade and it was like oh I don't care about sports anymore I like music so then I ended up playing D3 as like I wasn't gonna go to college at all and then I think like in August one of the coaches called me and he was like do you want to play here 
and it was i turned down everybody else but then i looked into that school and it was like great for music so i was like yeah i'll play and it ended up being the the like amazing like one of the best times of my life mm-hmm. uh met so many good people hunter g hunter g hunter uh same thing <laughs> tom but c. tom c um i met so many people there and like school is a waste of time definitely don't do that it's a waste of money but if you can go to that <laughs> campus and get friends with people like freeload for sure i freeloaded for a year and it worked so yeah i did play basketball though <laughs> I love how I'm like going like <laughs> zoom and it's like, did you play basketball? I'm like, but I met so many people at college. <laughs> no, but I, but I think that's exactly what I, what I was getting at. Like, do you see any parallels between basketball and like growing your music oh career or anything God, that you took away yes. from basketball? Yes. Yeah, I'm cutting you off. I'm sorry. But yeah, it's like, <laughs> I even on some things now that I'm building out my business, like if like i'm gonna start looking for interns in la me and brian coach hayes talked about it like we're gonna post it and one of the things we're gonna be looking for is athletic backgrounds because you know how to work on a Mm. team and you know what to do in crunch time and you know that like you just athletes like if you're a good athlete and like you're a team player like that's huge for me because it's like one you're just gonna get along with me and then two you just know when it's time to just get to it like it doesn't matter. You're out of breath. You can't breathe. You just vomit it in the trash can. But we got to win <laughs> states next week and you know what time it is. You know what I mean? It's like people like that are people I want to work with because I'm like that. Like when we went viral, I didn't sleep. And it's like, everybody's like, yo, what's I'm like, no, what is sleep? What? I'm not sleeping right now. Are you crazy? And it's just like, yo, like athletes are like, they're hustlers. Like I like hustlers. So like I'm, I'm personal. That's how I was brought up. So it's like, mm-hmm. I like to be around that. And like, me and Coach Hayes go crazy with that mindset. These guys do too, but these guys are more so like Jake and Hunter are more artist oriented. And like, that's where we kind of bunk heads sometimes. Cause I kind of have to realize like they're down to grind, but like their grind comes from a different source. I feel like, you know what I mean? Would you agree with that? Like, I don't know where you're going with this. I feel like, okay, maybe <laughs> more so Hunter. Cause Hunter has like this thing where it's like what he's surrounded by affects his music and like, how his mood is affects his music and how like he picks up inspiration differently. I get my inspiration from life or death. Like we got mouths to feed. We got to make this work. I'm going to go crazy for it. He gets his inspiration from like, damn, this beat sounds crazy right now. Like for me, it's like, yo, it's all about that. But it's like, I'm grinding right now. Like I'm hustling. Like I, like I feel like I'm in the gym doing shots. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's, it's like a different source of inspiration. And like, I think both are beautiful, but I do like, as far as business goes, yeah, I like to work with people who do sports because they know what time it is. I was thinking also like with with the sports parallel with business, I think an- another thing that goes along with both is this kind of idea of self-assessment. Like you need to be able to assess where you are in an objective way, analyze your own work, your own progress, and then make small adjustments too. So there is that grind side of things. But I think there's also, at least for me, I mean, I'm less of a team sports person when when we're talking about actual sports. I'm a runner. Mm -hmm. But I think I find a lot of parallels there for myself as well, where um, it's, it's about trying to find the little things that you can tweak and improve. And that helps me a lot in my work as a, a mixer and things like that. So I think that's really interesting and, and something that I'm glad to hear. I'm interested to hear that you're looking for people with a sports background for 
a music sort of position. That's really cool. I think the self-awareness and self-critique is huge. And like I give my entire success or whatever you call what I have. I give that all the self-critique. Like they know, like Hunter and Jake know like how much I self-critique. It's almost like it's almost unhealthy. I had to like stop it like in a way. Like I had to dial back on it. Like cuz I'm to the point where we'll do we, we could do a whole song and i'll be like mm, don't like that one part let's start over <laughs> like you know it's like but that's how like greatness is achieved and that sounds like i'm like kobe bryant or something but no i'm just shining two phones and make okay music but <laughs> it is like that self-awareness because like i talk about it with coach hayes a lot i'm gonna call him coach hayes this entire <laughs> interview i'm not gonna miss once i'm gonna drill that into people's head his name is coach hayes but i talked to um hayes about it and it's like how do people rap and not hear that they're bad at rap you know, because it's like, yo, when I first start and I'm not mean, like, I don't say any of this with an ill hearted thing because I'm the first person to stand up for somebody where they play with their music and it's not good. And I'm like, that's OK. I'm going to be honest with you, though. This is how you can fix it, because it's like if you play me your music, it sucks. And I tell you, it's lit. Like, I just did not help you at all. Like, I just mm -hmm. put you 10 steps back. So it's like, how do you hear your music and not hear that you're off flow? It's like when I was like 16 in my room making music, I'd bring it to my friends and they'd be like, yo, that sucks. And I'd be like, you know what? You're kind of right. Like, let me do it this way and try it this way. And it's like that self-critique, that self-awareness has made me good because I have no musical backing. I like played drums for two weeks. I tried the bass guitar and hated it. And <laughs> that was that. And then I just started rapping and it just, I was good at it because I self-critique and because I wanted it. And I think that does come from sports because I can remember working on my jump shot, doing the same thing. And I can remember like it's almost like your brain is wired different when you come from sports and it, i mean i'm pretty sure it is it's probably sports science behind that because you know what to do in certain situations but mm. yeah i think self-awareness and self-critique is another major thing to pull away from being a independent artist yeah that's something that we've talked about quite a bit on the podcast and jake like both both of us have had experiences with that where it, it can actually be pretty difficult though Sometimes people don't critique themselves enough, but I think it's also really easy to over critique yourself over -critique, and yeah. then just not do anything. Just shut everything down, not put anything out yeah. and stuff like that. So in the the way around that, I feel like is having a team. I feel like having a team is super big because you need you need people who are gonna check you. Like Brian Hayes, Coach Hayes is really good at that for me. He's like, yo, you're, you're tweaking, like it's fine. And it's like you kind of have to take, because you get so caught up in the motion. Start, like, for me, it's anxiety. So it's like, I start feeling it in my chest. And it's like, why am I tweaking out? It's like, oh, it's not that big a deal. It's fine. Like, yeah, it's a good song still, you know? So, like, drop it and see what happens. And, like, that's how I got, like, I think that's so great. Like, I'm such an unlikely person for this spot that I'm in. But it's like, I made myself likely. Like, you can make yourself something. And I made myself, like, I made me cool. Like, I was, I always thought I was cool, but, like, I made the world think I was cool. And it's just like, <laughs> that's what you have to do. Like drop that, drop that song and see what people think about it. And if they don't like it, okay, fix it. But if they don't like it and they're just hating on you, like drop more. Cause if you're getting hate, you're doing something right. Because mm. I, this is my first time in my life. I've had like haters. Like I sound like such a rapper. Like I got mad haters. Right now. <laughs> but if you have haters in your comment section, that means that people you're big enough for people to feel comfortable to talk down on you because they know you're never going to get to them. Because if this was three years ago and you were crazy talking in my comment, like, oh, we're gonna, I'm going to see you. Like, we're going to have to talk about it. Like, in person, <laughs> I'm going to see you. But now it's like, yo, I got Ted, Ted from Nashville 
talking crazy in the comments. He knows I can't get up with him, so he's gonna talk crazy. And it's like that's crazy to me. Like, and what's even more so crazy is now I ha- I've always had fans, but now I have a bigger fan base, and they'll get at Ted for me. They'll be like, "Yo, Ted." get out of here ted like you're unwanted ted and it's just like man like i got to all of this by self-critiquing yes but drop it put content out it's a content-based era we're in 2021 people have such short attention spans and on top of that we're in quarantine so it's like short attention span times 20 so now you're like yeah i went viral at rescue but what's next as everybody's question and like that's why we did second chance because it's like yeah we're gonna still work rescue but like i'm aware of what i'm in and it's a uh, content based and most of my fans are probably like 25 to 13 so it's like what's next what's next it's not it's it's a very much so a game of it's not what you've done it's what have you done for me lately and i think artists mm-hmm. need to realize that and like that's a very big negative but there are plus sides to it because it's like Mm, you might mess up they might not even care about it in a month like they'll forget about it tiger bounce back you could bounce back like you know what i mean so it's like you're good like drop it if it's if it's fire like it's gonna work well and then on top of that if you drop a song that doesn't work great at first give it time juice world did drop lucid lucid dreams was out six months before it blew up Hmm. ella minaj like whatever her name is i don't mean to disrespect her uh boot up was out two years before it blew up um lizzo same thing yeah um and then i dropped piss me off in the first week everybody's like this song sucks and now it it just got two million views on spotify three days ago so it's like give it time keep doing what you're doing and it's gonna grow if it's good so were there ever times where you felt like giving up on music every or, day? Yeah. <laughs> where you felt like giving up or, um, you know, you had creative blocks or whatever. And how oh. did you push through that? Ooh. Even, even outside Ooh. of creative blocks, maybe being an artist as a whole. Yes. How did you push through that? A million times. I thought about it on the way here. I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> um, I feel like as an independent artist, that's like that dark cloud always over your head. Almost. It's like, should I just give up? Like, like, some, and it's it's real. You're a liar if you never think of that. Like, I like Russ is somebody I like have been listening to lately. I kind of sound like Russ in this interview, but uh, he'll probably say he'll, he's probably like very confident in himself and it's probably like I never thought about that. Yes, you did. Everybody that Drake thought about it. Drake rapped about it. Like Drake, what, what was the bar? Drake bar is like I saw people doing things, almost gave up on the music thing. Now we all supposed to spoil now more life, more everything, and it's like yo, if Drake was thinking about giving up, like. 100% natural, bro. You're on the course. Stick to the course. Mm. Yeah. Uh, when I dropped out of college and, nothing, <laughs> and I got promised a deal and then the week I got out of college and the deal backfired on me and I had no backup plan, um, that was the time where I was like, uh, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> and like, but that's what makes it fun. Um, <laughs> you have no idea what's about to happen and you might be wasting your life, but we're in this and we're gang. But um, yeah, yeah. What's the mindset when you're pushing through? It comes back to that athlete mindset of like, how bad do you really want this? Do you want this more than you want to breathe? And it's like every day I wake up and think about this. So I didn't just put all that work in to give up because somebody doesn't like me. Like you're crazy. You're out your mind if you think you could make me stop. Like we're for one, I'm way too good. And I don't say that like humbly. I I, I say that. (laughs) (laughs) I say that humbly. But like, I'm really good at what I do. Don't play with me. And then two on top of that, it's like we're here. <laughs> like you know, even before rescue, like 
We're here. Like, Johnny Two Phones gets put up on a poster, 700 people show up. What? Like, that's crazy to me. Like, Hunter G's name goes on a song. People listen to it. Jake Mannix makes it. Like, they're like, they, they know what it's about. It's like, yo, that's crazy. Like, I am really a nobody. <laughs> you know, I, like, I, I thought I was cool, and then I told the world about it, and then the world, like, liked it. And it's just like, 700 people showed up to my show. 700 people came to see me scream lyrics in a mic. There's nothing you can tell me that, like, is going to make me quit. It's like, you just got to drink your old Kool-Aid every day. Just keep drinking that Kool-Aid because it's like, <laughs> at some point, the tides are going to turn and, like, the world is going to get with you. The mindset is, like, you have to realize even when it feels like the end of the world, you're not going to die. Not everybody hates you. You still have fans. And even if you have three fans, you have to realize, like, Yo, if somebody is going out their way, you have 10 plays on your SoundCloud song, that's 10 plays, bro. That's that's impressive. Congratulations. Like, you're doing this. Like, I hear a lot of people, I, I see a lot of artists' downfall are getting caught up in what they do and, like, go, getting caught up in what other artists around them are doing. Mm-hmm. And, like, prime example is when Soli first got signed. He was the first one out of here to get signed. And I know we were all kind of in a race at that time. I remember working with Suave and working with Soli, and I was like, Dang, he beat us to it. Like, he beat us to it. Ah, he beat us to it. And it's like, we, I could have took that. I know a lot of other artists took that and went this way. I could have took that and been like, man, F Soli, like, he's not even that good. His music sucks. He just sings to girls and all these things <laughs> that you hear about Soli. And like, you hear the haters saying, and Soli knows this. I'm not talking down on Soli. Soli's incredible. Mm. But I could have saw that and, and did all that and then just been bitter about it. Or I could have saw it in the light of like, he lives up the street. Like, what? Well, I'm next. Like, I was like, I, I shook his hand. Like, we're about to go crazy. Like, we're going to, like, take it as almost inspirational. It's like, it, that, it's like how you look at things is, like, huge. It's like, you could have looked at that and been mad and hated on him. Or you could have looked at that and been like, wow. First of all, congratulations. And congratulations to Soli in general. His music's amazing. He's a pretty guy. He's a pretty guy. <laughs> Great eyes. But um, no, nah, he's a pretty he's a pretty nice guy, and he's doing well right now on TikTok. We've been talking about the back end of TikTok a lot, me, him, and B. Hayes. Um, but yeah, like it, you just got to realize that, first of all, somebody else's path to success is not your path to success. There's no written rule to how all of this works. It all works differently for every single person. And then on top of that, it's like, I guess before you even start this, you should really ask yourself the question of like, how much am I willing to put into this? Because if you're one of those people who plays me a song and you've been rapping for a week, I'm not going to listen to it. But if I see you've been grinding for a while and like you're really putting time into this, I'm going to take my time out of my day and be like, yeah, I'm going to help this person out because not that I want anything in return or I'm trying to be a good person. It's just like, just, you know what I'm saying? I want to see you win. Like I want to see other people win. Yeah. It's just the mindset of like, what i guess it's the mindset overall because like what do you do in that moment it's like you already know what to do at that moment because you've been doing it in every other moment like when you're down bad it's like you got to figure out how to get out of it that's what pissed me off was for me it was like i was down bad like i was on the twitter page guys who are down bad like i was that bad and it's just like i was going through it but i dug myself out of the hole you you kind of get to that point and it's like damn like i could do that i didn't even know i was like physically you look at like the the memes where the guy looks at his hands and he's like whoa <laughs> like you, you kind of get to that moment where it's like i didn't even know i was like capable of that and it's like you almost embrace the dark times in the writer's blocks and like the times where it's bad because like first of all when it's bad it can't get it, it like most of the time it can't get any worse so it's like first of all that that's that's a key you have to be mm-hmm. like eh, can't really get any worse than this 
And then you have to realize like, oh, I just got to dig myself out of the hole. Take that step back. Take that breather. For me, I go to Chipotle. If I'm feeling down, <laughs> I just go to Chipotle. I sit there and I think about it and I get fat. And then I'm like, oh, I know what to do. We're going to keep doing what we've been doing because it's worked in other scenarios. It didn't work this time. But we're just going to take a step back, assess it, and move accordingly because I know my music's good. You have to know yourself and be confident in yourself. And confident, not cocky. I don't like cocky people. Nobody likes cocky people. But people do like confidence. Mm -hmm. But I don't like mean people. Don't be mean. Like that, <laughs> don't be a mean person. Well, I think- No bueno. I think what you just said about like confidence versus cocky- really kind of sums up that idea. Like confidence is desirable because it's not directed at anybody else. Yes. Cocky is bad because you're, you know, you're confident, but you're putting somebody else down. You're elevating yourself by pushing other people down. So I think that's like a distinction. And when you're comparing yourself to other people, that's, that's part of the reason you can get down. But a good way to say that is, is to realize like, even in that solely situation, I'm sorry, I'm name dropping a lot, but in that solely situation, I realized that I wasn't in competition with Soli. I right. was in competition with myself. So it's like, why would I be upset that he just got signed? Bro, congratulations. Get a bag. But you're crazy if you think I'm not right behind you with the bangers. Like, we're, we're coming crazier. So it's like, I wasn't in competition with Soli. I wasn't trying to be the next Soli. I'm trying to be the first Johnny Two Phones. Right. And like, and, the, and that's why, like, I see Sally Paper Planes on Instagram a lot. And he's like, I'm the best rapper. And like, a sucker, a bozo would be like, what? You're not the best rapper in the 508. <laughs> F you. But me, I'm like, great. You think you're the best rapper. You should think you're the best rapper. I think I'm 10 times better than you. And we should both think like this because you're Sally Paper Planes and you're amazing at what you do. And I'm Johnny Two Phones and nobody can fuck with me. It's just like you have to have that mindset because if you don't have that mindset, the comments are going to get at you. Mm. The comments are going to get to you. And that's when... I don't know. I was I, I was around it in college. I was around the haters. The haters came up to me in the bar. Like, oh, you think you're important? Like, yeah, I do. <laughs> like, do you want a picture or something? Like, what's up? Like, get it, like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I do think I'm important. I thought I was important before anybody else thought I was important. And I'm still thinking I'm important. And like, I want people to realize that you should think you're important. If you're the mailman, I'm the best mailman in, in the world. What do you mean? Like, do you see the way I dropped that mail in that mailbox? Nobody does it like me. And it's like, yo, you have to have that mindset. And it's just like, that's, that's the key to having an overall successful mindset. It's like, you just got to believe you're the, the, the stuff before you're the stuff. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think you've kind of demonstrated that like that persistence can lead to something bigger. So I, I'm really excited to see what you and your whole team of Jake and Hannah G, what you guys are able to do in the next couple of years. I think it's going to be really exciting. It's already really exciting. Looking forward, are there any predictions that you can make, whether that's something that you can see down the road or wishful thinking? We're going to go crazy. Um, we're going to be the biggest artists in the world and I'm not going to stop until I get there, but near, near predictions, a lot of cool stuff that I can't really talk about cause it's like not finished yet, but I do have a lot of like cool stuff coming. And of course, a ton, a ton of new music that we can finally release. Cause everybody in the room with me now is like release music. And before <laughs> I was like, no, but now I'm like, all right, I'll drop it. It's kind of good that you didn't drop though. See, in every, in every, but, it's another thing. It's another thing. We you have to know, know your know. plan. Like, trust your process. Like, sometimes I do let people throw me off. And sometimes you guys do throw me off in a good way. Like, sometimes I'm thinking some BS and you guys are like, nah. But like that, <laughs> I just knew. I was like, 
Now I want to drop it when it's right. That that mean that doesn't mean like if we drop those songs that something better wouldn't happen. Yeah, Maybe, yeah. but like very possible. Sometimes you got to trust your plan and like your team and you have to bump heads and that's okay. Cause mm -hmm. in the end, we're here. We're lit. We're litty. Well, you guys are about to go make another hit right now, though, right? Like that's that's the plan for after the the recording is another song coming down the pipeline. No, nah, I forget that. We're about to do another podcast. We're about to talk about <laughs> we're about to talk about aliens. <laughs> Your favorite Cartoon Network show. What was better, Billy Mandy or are you a Nick kid or a Cartoon Network kid? I was I was both. I was both channel I was thirty two, channel thirty three. 32, 33, and then like Disney for like <laughs> Sweet Life. For yeah, that was 334, but I was only on there for like Sweet Life and like Wizards of Waverly Place because Selena <laughs> Gomez was my baby back in the day, but now she, eh, she did some racist stuff. I don't know about her, but you know, she wants to holler at me. I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the spot. <laughs> What's the word? <laughs> well, Johnny, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today before you guys get to your session. Um, is there, is there any last message that you want to leave our listeners with any piece of advice or, or something for them to look out for? Yeah. Hide your mother. I'm coming. No, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, 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 no. Uh, I'd say, first of all, believe in yourself before anybody else does, because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else can. Don't be upset when your friends don't support you in the beginning. You have to prove to them they're fans too. So you have to treat them like fans. But if you're like me and your friends still don't buy your t-shirts, they're probably not your friends. Uh, what else would I say? It's a content-based era. Put out as much as you can. Um, I wouldn't say quantity over quality. Don't do that. But try, like, don't hold stuff. I feel like that's my biggest mistake throughout my, my entire career. I've always held on to stuff. And the minute I started just like posting, posting, posting is when my stuff kind of took off. And every time I post consistently, like Gelato compared with stock and then into here for it or like into the sun, pushed into rescue, pushed into piss me off. It's like those are the moments I've seen the most growth. So it's like content, music, just post it, make sure it's good. And then on top of everything, self-critique, like, yes, think you're the BS, but check yourself and don't be afraid to be wrong in certain situations. And then on top of that, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to mess up. Mm that like dig yourself out of that hole you're gonna be 10 times better when you come out of it and then get money and don't love these hoes i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and respect women <laughs> well thanks for coming on the podcast brother Johnny. um this has been pretty good i'm sure the listeners will like it i hope <laughs> kobe hello back to you that's all we've got for you this week, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Self-Signed Artist. Peace. Johnny!